Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Mark and Jess here. Thanks so much for joining us for our Menlo Midweek. And we have Matt Stefan, the San Mateo Campus Pastor, with us. Matt, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. Yes. And I want to start off this podcast with a quick anecdote. Uh, I am extremely itchy because of Poison Oak, and it's all Matt <laughs> Stefan's fault. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious, though. How exactly it's my fault, yeah, but I'll do. just go ahead and confess now. Yes. You suggested that I should do San Mateo Search and Rescue, which I'm currently doing, which means that we sometimes <laughs> trample through Poison Oak. So my uncomfortableness is all because of you. Oh, that's great. What uh, what percentage of your bodily surface is covered in Poison Oak right now? It's still maybe the low teens, Ooh, but it's only still, day two. So yeah, who knows, 13% of your body is covered in poison oak. That's great. bad news. That's 13 more than it should be. So that's already pretty bad. Yes. Dear Lord. <laughs> Welcome so, to the uh, Poison Oak podcast. We're here with our <laughs> two specialists. <laughs> uh, well, Matt, we, we really enjoyed your message from this past weekend. If you could give our friends that are listening a quick summary that would be great. And then we can dive into some questions about it. Yeah. Uh, we're in the series around the table. These are meal passages in, in the book of John. And this um, was John chapter 13. During the meal, Jesus gets up from his table and washes everybody's feet. Um, and then John chapter 13 really is a, a turn towards uh, the climax of the story. And so we're working with um, these three basic themes in this passage. Uh, who is Jesus? He's this servant-hearted God who loves to the utmost. Um, what is he up to? This new kind of Passover. Passover is about freedom. And here on the cross, he's going to set people's hearts free. And then in John chapter 13, um, it might not be so easy to notice when you're reading through it, but suddenly, starting in John chapter 13, Peter is featured in basically every scene. And so the last theme uh, in the sermon that we were working with was this invitation to see ourselves in Peter. What's happening for Peter is that Jesus is slowly examining really what's in his heart. And what um, crescendos for Peter in the plot is he ultimately denies Jesus. And that plot starts here in, in John chapter 13. So the sermon ended with an invitation during Holy Week for us to all be asking this Jesus who loves us to examine our hearts. And yeah, I think that was everything. Yeah. So this message was on Palm Sunday. Yeah. Could you right. walk us through a little bit what exactly is Palm Sunday? Yeah. Um, I'd have to think about exactly which Gospels, but I think in the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, seen leading into Holy Week, uh, Jesus enters Jerusalem on the donkey and the people celebrate it. And then especially in Matthew, it kind of becomes clear... Um, that that group of people turns on Jesus a little bit. So we read specifically from Matthew. In some of the other passages, and especially in John, you could maybe make the argument that that 
isn't what transpires, but it's a little mm-hmm. clearer in Matthew. The crowd turns on Jesus, and so we're kind of grappling with Peter makes these series of false oaths, and then on Palm Sunday, this crowd is offering Jesus what amounts to, in the end, false praise. So, Palm Sunday, they were worshiping Jesus, but why were they worshiping him? Mm. That's the question. Mm. And they had palm leaves. Yep, palm branches. They They threw down their their cloaks. They all, in Matthew, everybody takes off their cloaks, so Mm. it could have been shirt Sunday, but it doesn't have the same ring to it. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Palm cloak. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Cloak? Cloak Sunday. Sunday. There's different sections in which he pulled from, different stories in which he pulled from, different themes in each of those. So I'm curious as to why you chose to include all three of them instead of maybe just diving really deeply into one or a little bit more of your process on why you felt that those three were most important. Yeah. Um, You know, one of those kind of just creative moments, John 13 is not traditionally like a Palm Sunday passage, but Mm -hmm. for us it just fell there and there are some real powerful intersections and creatively one of the things I do um, every time I learn this uh, from an architect through Rob Bell this architect who's kind of like a Frank Lloyd Wright type mm-hmm. of guy would would always ask okay building what kind of building do you want to be mm-hmm. and so he would create these really wildly varying kinds of architecture uh, and Rob Bell says that's what he tries to do with his you know, upfront moments. So for the last couple of years, that's what I've been doing with my sermons. And what emerged with this one is like just a kind of traditional expositional line by line Mm -hmm. of John 13. Um, And the problem with expositional preaching, the reason people don't like it is it's hard to dial in. It's about one thing. No chapter in the Bible is like about one thing. (laughs) And for those that might not be clear on expositional. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the other end of the maybe sermon craft spectrum is topical. You okay. start with one of our questions. Mm-hmm. Expositional is you start with just the passage and really in the truest form of expositional preaching, you're working line by line or sometimes word by word through the sure. passage, um, which can be fun. And we don't do a ton of here at Menlo Church. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, when um, I hear that, my mind immediately jumps to like a Bible study night where that's you, right. you read yeah. through the Bible passage, yeah. maybe use soap. You're, you ever yeah. Oh, yeah. good totally. on that analogy? Good scripture, old. observation, application, and prayer. Maybe yep. soap up that, that passage. Soap up that yeah. scripture. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's even more interesting in John because um, like the imagery in John is so robust and the Old Testament references are like just everywhere. So coming through John in a line by line sort of way is really dense. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, a pretty dense sermon. I kind of have the the preaching motto, no filler. But I was thinking, I, I need to offer people um, a disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> this is going to be a lot, guys. Just want to apologize before we get into this. Uh, get some extra coffee and a pen. <laughs> I mean, I feel like when you went into the story about Margot, people were just with you through it all. Because that was such a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that so was kind of my nod to this is going to be a lot. Here's here's a sweet, fun, <laughs> Let's make it light at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> user-friendly. Right. A uh, palatable little anecdote about sweet, wonderful Margot. Yeah. Mm. So beginning. something we've learned as we've talked to pre- the preachers every week, and it sounds like you are right there too, is you could have gone for like an hour in this if we gave you the opportunity. So maybe what are a, 
What's like a big idea or a big point that you would have loved to have included if you had more time? Yeah. This one especially had like a really big, big idea that that died in the editorial process. <laughs> um, the original way I, I built this sermon um, was a little bit more based around the Last Supper. And there Jesus talks about um, the, his blood being spilled for the, the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And I was working with this idea of the deals that we make with ourselves. Margot had made this deal that she was not going mm-hmm. to hit her brother anymore. She was going to do these other things, mm-hmm. uh, take a deep breath, scream into a pillow. So <laughs> yeah. sweet. Awesome things. Rip a piece of, crumple a piece of paper. Yeah, that's Love right. Um, and then in the John 13 passage, Peter swears an oath that, you know, with Jesus, kind of Peter is swearing an oath to himself. I want to behave this way towards Jesus. And then in the Palm Sunday passage, the people are working with what they think to be this deal between them and God. We worship you as the Messiah. You set us free in like a, a military, um, maybe even, you know, I don't know, violent way or whatever. So there are a lot of deals going on. And I was just thinking about, you know, I think people make deals with themselves all the time. And sometimes they're incredibly formative. Like, um, Sometimes uh, as a child, someone might feel afraid and they make a deal with themselves. I'm never going to feel afraid again. And so I'm going to be big Mm. or maybe angry or maybe somebody got in trouble a lot as a kid and they thought, I'm never going to feel the guilt and shame of getting in trouble again. So I'm going to make a deal with myself right now. I'm going to be perfect Mm. so that Mm. I never have to feel that way again. And when it comes to the Last Supper and Jesus saying like this new covenant, it's like this new deal between people and God means that we don't have to feel afraid mm-hmm. and we don't have to feel guilt and shame. Not because we're holding up this deal we made with ourselves, mm-hmm. but because Jesus created this new deal where the old deals are obsolete and you mm-hmm. are no longer contractually obligated to them. So I wrote the whole sermon that way and I really like that idea, but then in the end it was like, this doesn't quite go and... <laughs> It was like 40 minutes long, so that's the problem. I snipped out all those parts. Yeah. That's so. So, I, so fascinating about scripture is like you could write so many different sermons yeah. on mm-hmm. one passage. That's right. And not only that, is like how different it can hit you at different points of your life. Yeah. And like, you know, I grew up in the church, and so, you know, I, I've been reading this scripture my whole life, and, you know— it's different every time you read it. And it's just, I mean, that's what's so cool about God. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And, you know, part of what we do, like as a spiritual community, right, is um, assess what is it the Holy Spirit is calling us to Mm -hmm. in our lives, in our world? How does that intersect with the passage in front of us? Mm -hmm. And that's like, alone, I'm not as effective at doing that. But in conversation with all the other people and mm-hmm. in community together, things emerge, uh, moments emerge from bits of the Bible that I've been reading my whole life, but suddenly here at Menlo Church on April 10th, it stood out to yeah. all of us in a different way, which is kind of neat. Yeah. So. And now that we're a couple of days removed from your message, we're recording this on the Tuesday after you delivered it. So... Now that you're looking back, hindsight is 2020. Would you have amended anything, included Ooh. other things, changed things? Great question. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I was really wrestling with how Palm Sunday e to mm. make it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just kind of from a sermon craft type of way. Um, one of my goals for this sermon, doing the live ones, was to go without notes, which I've done a few oh, times cool. before. Um, but sometimes when I do that, I bring like a, a manic energy, manic nervous energy to it. Um, so I wanted to like really control the pace and f- energy flow and yeah, that was a big goal for me, uh, just as a developing, always learning preacher. Um, so the, the video recording is like 25 minutes, mm-hmm. um, but the live version is like 30 minutes because I don't know. Who knows why? <laughs> so anyways, in hindsight, I'm like, you know, I could have cut out the Palm Sunday sections. And I think the themes around God examining our hearts still would have shined just as brightly. And that really is the Palm Sunday message. You can say, this is what we're supposed to be doing this week and not talk about Palm Sunday. Um, but that was a nod to, you know, we we have this intergenerational church and... of our church probably expected it to be really Palm Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of threading the needle there. But I did wonder, should I snip that part out, keep simplifying, keep it short, uh, shut my mouth a little (laughs) sooner? (laughs) Yeah. And now that you delivered those messages without notes, do you feel like you're going to continue to do something like that in the future? Or do you think you'll do a hybrid of some notes or completely manuscript would be the opposite end of that spectrum? Yeah. 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 Good question. Um, always working on the sermon craft, right? So I, I used to have my style dialed in with no notes, but I could never really control the length, which for Mm. me is a big problem. Um, as someone who worked with you in student ministries, I can second that. (laughs) That's right. Uh, yeah, you have personal, uh, knowledge of that. Oh, yeah, knowledge. Yeah, trauma. I was going to say trauma too, but, um, yeah, just trying to keep it short. So I didn't say trauma. Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, then I found maybe the best way to really control the length is to do the full manuscript Mm because then you know the exact word count. But going from manuscript to no notes is really hard. That's maybe the hardest move in in all of these skills. So, um, you know, kind of my creative process has been ask the sermon what it wants to be. Sometimes I think I'll just stick with the full manuscript because certain sermons demand a little bit more complexity or nuance or certain phrases. Um, And then some sermons demand kind of like, there's a weird psychology of having the pulpit in front of you that you feel less vulnerable. Mm. Some sermons like really demand more vulnerability. This was maybe one of them. Um, so I'll just kind of have to, I think that's part that will change from sermon to sermon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was um, rewarding to sink in a lot of time to go without notes and have it mostly go okay. Um, by which I mean, I didn't, talk like a chipmunk at the fastest rate possible so <laughs> that's great that's yeah. what people do on youtube is you can play it back yeah. a lot yep. faster and yeah that's yeah what, that's what i like to do with the worship it's really fun I'm just <laughs> usually <laughs> when i crazy. listen to matt's messages i'll put it in half speed yeah. so that's he right. just sounds like he's slurring exactly and it's it. awesome yeah. Yeah, yeah so you had mentioned this earlier too about um asking the sermon what it wants to be is that how you said it yeah 
That's so fascinating to me. I'm curious, yeah. what does that look like? Do you sit in front of a computer and like pray? Like, what is that process? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, last year we did Acts, uh, and the passage I was working with, um, Peter, Peter and John walk by some some guys who can't walk, and they're right in front of the temple, and they just say, "Get up and walk," right. And I think those passages are so challenging to us. And to me, like the modern world is so challenged by that passage. But to me, followers of Jesus are supposed to kind of live with a certain amount of um, unassuming, very humble power Mm. in their lives. Mm. And so for that one, I just kind of at the beginning was like, okay, read the passage. I guess that's where it starts. I'll read the passage and I'll say, okay, what is a sermon about this passage to our wonderful people at Menlo Church? What do you want to be? That one, for example, I was like, we need like lots of music behind this. Mm. And like, it has to be so inspiring that people should expect to encounter the living God when they talk to a Christian Mm. is like, you just need, uh, you know, blockbuster movie soundtrack behind (laughs) you. So Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of the animating idea of that whole experience. And then this one, I felt like completely different. What if this was, um, like a low key talk about kind of bare bones. The main thing God wants to do in your life is transform your heart. Mm. So, what if I just real stripped it down, walked through the passage, talked very forthrightly mm-hmm. about this this really big important idea? So, yeah, I don't know if there's a like a real method to any of that, but kind of just yeah, I guess it's a little bit of prayer. It's a lot of reading. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of thinking through what's the tone? Is it mm-hmm. like happy? Is it matter of fact? Is it somber? So, but really, you know, wanting to learn how to vary my my sermon, uh, you know, approach a yeah. little bit more. So, And I like even what you said, like you think about the audience, like what yeah. does, mm-hmm. what do the people of Menlo Church need to hear right now? And that's, because that's who you're preaching to, yeah. so it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think I can get stuck in just telling funny stories. Sure. That's my main <laughs> thing in life is I just want to... Yeah, or you know, stories about your kids, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want to tell silly stories. So I think at some point uh, as a sermon writer, wanting to get away from, want to hear some funny stuff that happened to me <laughs> <laughs> but, as a main sermon idea. I think, yes, that, that can be a crutch for you, but I really appreciate the amount of intelligence and really deep thought provoking statements that will just be in your message. And I don't even know if you know that you're doing it intentionally or not, Hmm. but like, I just have a few phrases from this past message that you gave that I was just like, that in itself could be a sermon. And that's just so dense and rich. And I really appreciate about that. And I'm hoping that our audience will also go back, re-listen to it, pick out some of those nuggets and discuss them. Yeah. Thanks. I know. I Disclaimer. Uh, no filler. It's it's kind of dense, but yeah, I hope it's a blessing and lots I, of on ramps. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, that's a great way to say that. I think and, because I have ADD, I assume the audience does. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> that's probably the main thing happening here. Now that you mention it, yeah. 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 And now that we're entering into Holy Week, we have Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, of course, the Easter celebration. I don't know about growing up, Matt. What tradition if that meant anything to you growing up if you have anything now that you like to do or that you would encourage those that are listening to really get the most out of the significance of this week so any thoughts on that 
Yeah. Um, great question. Growing up, I grew up Pentecostal, and I think in the history of American religions, uh, American religion, there's a lot of animosity between Pentecostals and Catholics. And so growing up, I always heard Holy Week um, as being overly Catholic. Hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my story has that particular component of mm-hmm. um, just the real regrettable and maybe even closed-minded stance. We don't do that because it's Catholic, right? Mm. Uh, on the other hand, I know a lot of kind of recovering Catholics. My parents were among them that um, just got an authoritarian and violent view of God from, you mm-hmm. know, going to Catholic school and getting their hands hit by rulers. Um <laughs> So yeah, Holy Week was not an idea that I grew up with at all. Um, And it was later in seminary that I sort of learned about um, walking with Jesus between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday and Mm. having each day be um, like an opportunity for reflection. Uh, Mm. And even like Tuesday of Holy Week, Mm -hmm. Jesus doesn't do anything, but the scene in the Gospels is um, the chief priests are plotting unjustly against Jesus Mm. and to kind of like just reflect on, can I be mistreated uh, and have God heal my heart and not end up bitter in my life? Powerful Holy Week reflection. Or have I, if Jesus is sort of uh, manifesting himself in the world as someone suffering injustice, how have I manifested myself in the world as somebody citing with people suffering injustice. Even on the most boring day of Holy Week, the Tuesday where nothing happens to, to Jesus directly, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I never really got into the habit of, some some traditions have uh, like church services every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I've never done that, but just thinking about what was happening in Jesus's life on this particular day of Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Is, is quite amazing. And sometimes reading along uh, in, in the Bible, especially later in the week, Thursday and Friday, the Last Supper, and then the crucifixion passages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, growing up, I think my Pentecostal tradition, great music all the time. We want to just skip straight to Easter. <laughs> yeah. Right? Get to Easter, play the good music, hug each other, wear spring colors. But the Holy Week kind of liturgical traditions encourage us to slow down mm. and to see the genuine human misery leading up to it, or or maybe even despair, and um, kind of the emotional intelligence of Scripture to say, uh, without despair, hope does not shine so bright, mm. right? Well, there, yeah. There's no light without mm. darkness mm-hmm. is part of the Holy Week journey, right? So... In all of our sadness and despair in our own personal lives, it lets us normalize that and then invites us to offer that uh, to Jesus to bring whatever resurrection life he's thinking about bringing to it. So, yeah, come to really savor Holy Week um, just in terms of slowing down and actually listening to the, the scriptural stories. So good. And I think that there's something in there about just the just sitting in the moment and the presence mm-hmm. that you can have each day as you're reflecting on what happened on that day during the week in scripture, that's especially powerful and speaking to me. So that's, that's a good word, Matt. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
Jess, uh, Easter's coming up. Let's tell our friends here how they can experience Easter with us at Menlo Church. And then let's thank Matt so much for his time being yeah, with us. Yeah, thank you. I just got really nervous. You're going to ask me a really deep theological <laughs> question. And I was like, I don't know. But I do know these answers. Yes, so if you're listening to this and it is not Thursday yet, we've got Monday, Thursday services at our Menlo Park campus at 7 p.m. It'll also be live streamed on YouTube mm-hmm. as well as our church online platform. Good Friday services again at Menlo Park. We also have one at Mountain View, both at 7 p.m. The And the Menlo Park one, again, will be live streamed on YouTube and our church online platform. Mm-hmm. Sunday is Easter. Ooh. All of our campuses have at least one or two or three. Some have three services. Um, so go to menlo.church slash Easter for all those times. We'll also be have a special online Easter service just for our online community. And you can, it's going to be a little bit different than what you see in person. So you can attend a campus in person and watch the online. Um, we filmed worship with our staff last week. It was so good. So incredible. So I highly recommend checking that out, yes. even if you go in person. Um, and we hope to see you there. Yes. And especially if you're in the San Mateo area, yeah. show up, say hi to Matt. And if you want to get involved and just partner in the amazing things that that campus is doing, as well as our other Menlo campuses, just let them know. Let someone that's wearing a lanyard know that you want to participate in the life change that's happening in, at that San Mateo campus. And that was probably the best way you can thank Matt for delivering his <laughs> message. <laughs> we would love to see you. Yeah. Wonderful San Mateo campus family. Of course. And Matt, thank you so much for being with us, man. My absolute pleasure. Yeah. Love you both. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Well, thanks so much for listening, and our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to our Round the Table series. We have an awesome devotional for you to help you draw near to Jesus through scripture, prayer, and conversation with others, and we want to encourage you to check that out. We have hard copies available on all of our campuses, or you can download the PDF at menlo.church slash Lent. There's also different activities you can do with your family, as well as recipes and other ways that you can connect with each other and God in this season. And Jess and I here at the Online Church would love to connect with you this week. If you need prayer or encouragement, just text us. Text our online team at 650-600-0402. Or if you can't get one of the physical copies of our booklets, if you're out of the area, we'd love to mail you one. So reach out if you'd like one. Again, thanks so much for tuning in. And this was Menlo Midweek.